0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic we are going to be talking about planning for a rainy day or since we are recording this in the Midwest in the wintertime, it might be planning for a snowy day. <laughs> <laughs> so with me today, I have Kelsey Banky. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you, Mary. Kelsey's another certified financial planner with us at Stirk Financial, and we spend a lot of time um, do in financial planning talking about what are the main things that people can do to protect and prepare for emergencies that life might throw at us. So we're going to talk about some of those today. We're going to talk about four specific things that we think um, people ought to be thinking about doing or make sure they have in place to prepare for that rainy day if it comes. So the first thing we're going to talk about is emergency money. So I think most people listening probably have heard before that you should have some kind of emergency fund. This is not new news. This is something that you probably heard for a long time. But I want to get into some of the details of that because I think that people hear you should have an emergency fund, but they don't always know exactly what that means for them. Okay. So Kelsey, share with our listeners, um, if you are going to have an emergency fund before your retirement years around how much should you probably have?
1: If you're still in the income producing phase of your life, three months worth of your income would be an appropriate amount to have in Mm -hmm. emergency savings. And that doesn't all have to be in the bank, in liquid cash right there that you can get tomorrow. Um, You need to have about half of that in the bank that you can get at very, very quickly today, tomorrow. Um, And then the other half of that, you can invest it, try to earn a little bit more um, than maybe what the banks are paying right now, but still keep it very liquid so that you can get at it within a couple-day timeframe should some big event occur that you need access to that kind of cash.
0: Right. So the whole key with emergency money is, access without penalties. Yes. Okay. So like Kelsey said, if you're in those income producing years of your life, about three months is a good emergency fund to have. Now, sometimes people say, well, does that mean three months of my gross pay or three months of my net pay? And the reason that you have an emergency fund is if an emergency happens, or if you have something like a job loss happen. So I'm of the opinion that having at least three months of your net income is where you really want to start focusing on. Because if you lost your job and you needed to be able to pay your bills for three months with your emergency money, then your net income is the number that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. You want to have that set aside so that you have a buffer there in case you lost your job
1: so let's talk I guess about if you don't have that saved up Mm -hmm. (laughs) how do you get there uh don't if you try to just go from zero to three months of your income and savings uh, in in 10 days or even a month you're gonna just not do anything. Um, so you want to you know, set a goal of how much can you say save each month and just start building that as quickly and quickly as you can and if you have to to use it for an emergency that comes up that's mm-hmm. fine but then replenish it If you're on the flip side of that and you're looking at your bank account and you're going, well, I have way more than three months worth of my income saved, then that's when you want to really dial in on you know, what do you need to have in there and what can you do with the extra uh, savings that you have to get it working a little bit more for you.
0: Right, absolutely. Now, we said if you're in your income-producing years, focus on that three-month number. But when you get to the point where you're actually retired and you're not income generating anymore, then in our opinion, you want to actually have a little bit more in your emergency fund. So closer to maybe that six month number of whatever your spending amount is during your retirement months. And the reason for that is because if you have an emergency Um, And you're not income producing anymore. It's going to take you longer to recover. And so if your emergency is big enough that you need to use most of your three months worth, and that will leave you with nothing. And if you happen to be on a limited or fixed income, or if you have to sell other assets in order to replenish your emergency fund, you don't want to have to put yourself into a fire sale type of position. So three months worth emergency money if you're in those earning years and six months worth of emergency money if you're in those retirement years is a great place to land with that. So, okay, so planning for a rainy day, having that emergency fund is number one. The second thing is making sure that your insurances are in place. And there's a number of different insurances that are out there, but the whole idea with insurance is to protect yourself against risk. I mean, that's the whole fundamental premise of what insurance is, is that you're transferring the risk to someone else to take, and you pay a little money now. So if there's a big money deal later, then they have to pay the big money amount. Okay? So there's there's three big things for insurance that I want to touch on. The first one is Protecting your property so property insurance like your home your auto things like that if you Got into an automobile accident And it was your fault You might have two issues you might have your car totaled And you might have someone sue you because you hurt them So a single car accident can have a major impact on somebody's finances certainly would wipe out most people's emergency fund for sure So having good property insurance in place to take care of your your autos or your homes, if there's a flood, if there's a fire, things like that, that's a big, big deal.
1: And I'm going to speak from experience on this one because when I was uh, was in my teens somewhere, I was uh, in an accident that totaled my car and um, did some significant damage to another car and that the insurance I mean it just does so much to protect you because um, about three years it was right before the statute of limitations was up the other party tried to sue well successfully sued but didn't win the case um, uh, to try to get damages and lost wages and things like that and um, the insurance company went to bat and took care of all of that because that that protection was there so don't don't skimp on that. That's something that can really really protect you and the, and the more wealth that you build, the more protection you need because you have more to lose. So um, you know don't don't miss out on these details. these are things that may never come up. But when they do, you're going to be really glad that you have that coverage.
0: Absolutely. And I know that I did a show a while back about um, being fireproof and shared the story that my daughter had lost everything that she had in a fire this past summer. And, you know, a lot of our listeners out here are um, parents of older children or our grandparents. And if you're in that situation and your children are out living on their own and renting a place, then I highly encourage you to push them to get rental insurance and if they aren't doing it then that might be something to consider giving them as a gift it's only a couple hundred dollars a year usually and it's the difference between them needing a gigantic amount of help from probably you if they lose everything (laughs) or being able to capitalize on that from the insurance company if they did have something happen that was a major catastrophe so definitely think about that. The other kind of insurance though to prepare for a rainy day is life insurance. And I know we've talked about life insurance in a number of different times, but you know, it's a it's a very sad day if you lose someone that you love, and life insurance is there to help take the financial pain out of it if you do lose someone who's a breadwinner in your family. So when you're thinking about preparing for a rainy day, we don't like thinking about those morbid things that are out there, but protecting your family through having the appropriate amount of life insurance is hugely important.
1: It is, Mary. And I guess since I got into the, the planning business here, it just amazes me at how often it happens. You, mm-hmm. you think it's not as common. You think it'll never happen to you. But I see case after case after case where, uh, you know, a, a family member, a parent or a husband or, or wife were or lost and, you the life insurance comes to save the day. I mean, it doesn't heal the emotional wounds, but it takes care of all the financial side of things so that you can work on the emotional Mm -hmm. side in your own amount of time. So, um, it, I can't say enough about how important this is and you should not leave this uncovered.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and here's the thing, life insurance has three different and very distinct phases. When you're a young family, when your kids are young, before they're going into college, things like that, life insurance is all about widows and children. So if you lose a breadwinner in the family, it's making sure that your children can still go to college. It's making sure that they don't have to leave their house or get evicted. It's there to protect young families from the loss of the breadwinner. That's phase one. Phase two is all about those middle years. So once your kids are grown and now you're maybe turning your focus to saving more for retirement and things like that. Phase two is really about making sure that your spouse is protected. If something happens to you, that they still will have a successful and and confident retirement. Okay. And phase three is about when you get into your later years, then life insurance is no longer about widows and children. And life insurance is no longer about making sure your spouse can comfortably live through retirement. Life insurance shifts to be more about legacy planning. And do you want to use life insurance to leave a legacy, a financial legacy? Could be for your spouse, could be for your children or your grandchildren, or it could be for charity. And so the the purpose of life insurance absolutely shifts over time for people to use. But the rainy day planning is definitely phase one, widows and children, and phase two, protecting a spouse during retirement. So... Um, speaking of retirement, we have a great seminar coming up in January. On January 12th, I'd like to invite all of our listeners to come, to. You can register online at sterkfinancialservices.com. But if you're within 10 years from retirement, this is a seminar that you're definitely going to want to come take a listen to. Um, we're going to talk about getting your ducks in a row so that you can retire with confidence And uh, I think you'll take away a lot of good, valuable things from it. So join us on January 12th. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sterk. And today, Kelsey and I are talking about planning for a rainy day. So we talked about making sure you have a good emergency fund. And we've talked about protecting yourself with insurance. But now let's talk about kind of looking ahead and uh, visiting about the retirement savings. So planning for a rainy day, making sure that you're well prepared so that when you enter into the phase of life where you're no longer earning income, that you don't have financial crises hit you.
1: Yeah, and this is is kind of interesting because before the break, we talked about, you know, what if you die too soon? Now I'm going to talk about what happens if you live too long? (laughs) (laughs) I just can't get happy, can I? (laughs) (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, is people are living longer and longer and longer every single year. And we're making medical advancements that are extending life expectancy beyond what anybody has ever seen before. So uh, talking about retirement savings, living too long is one of the the rainy day situations that we want to talk about planning for
0: yeah i just had a gentleman in my office the other day and he said well how do you know how long you're going to live which of course we have no crystal ball for that but what we talked about was that you can you can kind of estimate using a few factors so looking at first of all your own family history This particular gentleman's um, father had passed away in his 60s from a heart condition, but his mother was still living, and she is 96 years old, and she is healthy as a horse. So he's got one parent who had a health condition, you know, causing them to pass away early, and one parent that's well outliving what the, you know, mortality table norms would tell us. So... My answer to that would be um, we have to err on the side of caution when you're doing planning. You have to expect to live longer. So you have to set up your financial planning prudently, saying, well, you know, if you've got longevity in your family on one side, you probably need to plan to live till you're at least 95 to make sure your money lasts that long. Um, Mortality tables tell us that mid-80s, is kind of the number that the average person lives to. And so prudent planning would extend that and say, well let's make sure that if you're above average, which we think most of our listeners are, then <laughs> maybe you're gonna live a little bit longer and we wanna we wanna plan for that.
1: Well and, and just think about that statistic in itself that the average, you know, I have statistics here in front of me, the average sixty year old today is gonna live till eighty four. Well, that's average. Half of them are going to pass away before that. And that usually is um, not always health related. It's, you know, accidents when they're young, going to serve in the military, things like that. But half are going to live longer than 84. And it doesn't say 85. It's half is going to live to 84. And the longer that you live, the longer your life expectancy is. It's a crazy thing. It just keeps going up. Yep. It just keeps going up. So every year you, you make it in this life, your life expectancy is life expectancy is even longer. And so planning for it is definitely necessary. All right. So another
0: thing that we need to plan for in retirement is the impact of inflation. And inflation just means that things get more expensive, right? That the cost of living goes up. Now, over the past 40 some odd years, the average inflation has been around 4% a year. But if we just isolate the last ten years, then inflation actually has been under two percent. So we can't necessarily predict how much the cost of things is going to go up, but we can predict that it will go up some, and we have to plan for that. So inflation is a tricky thing, right? Because you can, if you if you just put in like a four percent inflation factor and look at what the cost of something might be in forty years, it's ridiculous. Like it looks like you're going to need. <laughs> Millions of dollars just to live on a, a normal, non-extravagant lifestyle. But the reality is that your grandfather would have thought it was crazy if someone told him he was going to spend $4 on a gallon of milk. That's not what it cost when he was a young man. In fact, they probably didn't even sell it in full gallons at that time. They sold it in smaller amounts. So um, it's interesting to see what real inflation has been over time. Um, When I was um, in high, or when I was a youngster and uh, in the early 70s, I'm not going to tell you the year because then I'm going to kind of out myself here on how old I am. But when I was a youngster in the early 70s, gas was 57 cents a gallon. Now, sometimes in the last 10 years, gas has been $4 a gallon. Sometimes it's been $2 a gallon. It kind of fluctuates up and down a little bit. But it sure isn't fifty cents, $0.57 cents a gallon anymore. So inflation is real, and we have to account for it and plan for it when you're in your retirement years.
1: Yeah, if you're not p- planning for it, you're just going to do a disservice to yourself because you'll have less spending power and less buying power in your later years if you aren't accounting for a rising income for yourself. Absolutely. All right, the last thing to
0: think about when you're planning for a rainy day in retirement is the uncertainty of Social Security. And here's the thing. We already know that Social Security is going to go broke, but we just don't know what they're going to do to fix it. I mean, this is no secret. Um, it says right on your Social Security statements that you get in the mail or if you print them out online that Social Security is going to be broke um, within not too many years from now. And so something is going to have to happen within the Social Security system to fix that. Nobody knows what that's going to be. There's no plan on the table yet from the government side of how to fix things. But what we do know is something is going to have to give there. And what we don't know is who that's going to affect. So if you are depending on Social Security to be a big part of your retirement income, this is something that you might want to have a plan B for because we don't know what that's going to look like 10, 15 years from now.
1: Yeah, and there's lots of different things that they can do. And in fact, they've already done this in the past. But raising the age for your full retirement benefits to kick in is something that has happened before. It used to be 65. They slowly stepped it up from 65 to 67. So you could see something like that happen if life expectancies get to the point to where they can support that. You might see them lower the uh, Payments that they can make on a on a regular basis. You might, we've already seen them um, take a few of the filing options off the table. Right. They weren't ones that yep. were used as often, but they did do that. So they're they're looking and they're trying to find some tweaks. We just haven't heard the big final uh, end solution that is really going to make a big difference here. So. Um keep, it, keep an eye out on that and keep a watch out for that, but definitely plan for maybe not getting 100% of the benefit that's being quoted to you.
0: Now, if you're wondering how to put some of these ideas into practice, um, we do encourage all of our listeners to reach out to us to talk about their financial planning. And we often give something away during our shows, but today just what I want to do is encourage you that if you've been thinking about Getting your financial planning in order, then use this as an opportunity to give us a call. This is the great time of year to start getting your ducks in a row. Start thinking about retirement planning. I I had a gentleman come in yesterday who um, had borrowed a vehicle from a friend, and when he turned it on, he the radio station was set to this channel and to KSCJ, and our show was on. And as he was listening. He was like, oh, wait a minute. That's me. I need that help. So he called us and he came in and we had a great conversation and are going to be doing some retirement planning together. And um, so if you've been thinking about that, if you've been listening to our show for a while and you're thinking that, hey, this would be a good time to do some planning or some financial planning, some investment management, anything like that, I encourage you to reach out and give us a call and set up a time to visit with one of our certified financial planners. All right, the last thing I want to talk about uh, planning for a rainy day is for our business owner listeners. So having a continuity plan in place, if something would happen to you, if you became disabled or you died, having that continuity plan in place is massively important. We had a gentleman uh, that we worked with who was 65 years old. He was the sole owner of a successful construction company, and he was planning to sell his business within the next few years. Um but what actually happened was that he unexpectedly passed away from a heart attack. Now, he, when he died, shortly after his death, some of his key employees got nervous because they didn't know what direction the company was going to go. And so several of his key employees ended up finding leadership positions with other companies. Their departures then created a lot of ruckus because there was people not there managing the contracts, not there managing the projects and things like that. That exposed the company to a lot of liabilities and, of course, to a decrease in revenues. And then that made the longtime customers perceive that the company was unstable and they wanted to take their business elsewhere. So once that all started happening, the banks got nervous and they called in some loans because they didn't see the business as viable anymore and, and being able to uh, progress through those. And so within weeks of this gentleman passing away, the managers were gone. His company defaulted on certain contracts. Revenues dropped customers moved, and the banks called the loans. Now, that's like the worst case possible scenario, but when you are a sole owner of a successful business, oftentimes the success of that business really does rest on your shoulders. And so the rainy day planning that we encourage everybody to have is a continuity plan in place. If you die or you become disabled, What's going to happen? Who's going to step in and take care of the business so that this uh, watershed of different bad events don't happen?
1: Yeah. And, you know, Mary, I think we see this more often than we would like to see. But um, it's something that can be planned for and it's something that you can work through and protect your family, protect your your employees uh, and protect your legacy so that your name goes down in a good way if you passed away. So thanks for listening to us about rainy day planning. Now you've
0: got your emergency fund plan in place. You know what to think about with your insurance. We've talked about retirement savings and what to do if you're a business owner. So hopefully this has given you some great valuable tips to plan for your own rainy day. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.